Justin Barsha. Is Justin Barsha going to be a title contender? I'm going to say this is the year Justin Barsha is in the mix. Kind of going to be like Davey Millsaps of a couple years ago. Remember when Davey had that run and was doing really good? I think we see something similar out of uh, Barsha. This year, his A1 win was on a track that everybody it was it was a dry track it wasn't a muddy track like last year and i also heard some interesting stuff he said in some of his interviews he talked about how his bike development he's truly created this yz 450 app um he's developed it he said he went from a went from pretty much a production bike and has uh, created it into what it is i listened to an uh, interview with michael sleater on an interview in australia a couple weeks ago and talked about um the development of the Austrian bikes and what they're able to do with it and how they're able to change things is maybe very much similar to what I heard coming out of Justin Barsh's mouth and development of this bike. He seems very happy. He seems very humbled of his past because again, he was supposed to be the next great thing coming up through the ranks. Um, I truly feel that this could be a year that we have another title contender that comes into the ranks with Justin Barsha. Um, nobody would be a bigger fan. I mean, did you see that fat whip he threw over that finish line last night? I haven't seen a fat whip like that being thrown since James Stewart winning them. So super excited about what Justin Barsha can do. I think Barsha, especially being a New York guy, Barsha's our boy, Clint, even down there by you, because I think that's closer to where he was from. Yeah. Kind of that tri-state area. That, to me, I think this is the year Justin Barsha becomes a title contender. You know what? I wouldn't be disappointed to see that happen one bit, because you know what? Long hair. He looks like a freestyle kid. He just is a badass. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing him either checkers or wreckers every people and just taking people out to get to that title. Because you know what? Justin Barks is a badass. That's why I call him Bam Bam. I, listen, last year I got all excited first round too. First round come out and Justin won and I was like, here we go. Bam Bam's in it. And then it just fell apart on him. So as much as I would like... uh you know, I would like that. Uh, he's another one, like you said, you know, came out of the ranks, amateur ranks, was like the guy caught fire and then what the hell happened? So, I mean, I'm not going to say he can't do it, but going off of track record, uh, he just doesn't have the consistency to do it for the entire season. And that's a bummer because I really like him. Same thing. Yeah, he grew up Metro New York, so... Um, like probably an hour, like <laughs> maybe, I think Metro was different then when he was a kid, oh, okay. but now he would, okay. he does now for sure. Uh, yeah, he's right. Um, you know, probably an hour away from here. Everybody likes to claim him here. You know, we like to claim, uh, uh, Justin Cooper as well, but, um, yeah, listen, I would love yeah. for Bam Bam to, to, and and then he moved to Georgia, which I lived in Georgia too. So me and Bam Bam like are almost teammates. We're East Coast teammates here, but unfortunately, I don't see him doing this every weekend, and that's a bummer to say. But I just don't. Uh, he hasn't done it in a long time, and like you said, the this uh, it's hard to say after he just kind of stomped everybody yesterday, but. Uh, I don't know. Some people are on and off, you know, they're light switches. And unfortunately that's kind of Barsha and he does get, let things get into his head and then he has a problem with it. So I'm going to say same thing. He's going to be flashes. He's going to, 
Well, shit. Hopefully he wins more races, but I don't see him uh, even being probably top three. Um, you guys are kind of like Gypsy Brothers in a way. Like, you know, those Eskimo Brothers, you guys are like Gypsy Brothers. You guys have traveled from, you know, your hometown to like another state, like in the, in the same area. Like, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I remember uh, Barsha as a kid. He was like the first. He's one of the first like Honda kids that was really like huge. Yeah. And then he became one of the first Red Bull riders. Next, actually, uh, B. Mazy, uh, Brandon Mays. Brandon Mays was actually the very first, I think, monster athlete as a as a amateur. So, um, kind of cool story. Him and Bam Bam, which um, Brandon Mays is actually up, up by us up up here. So, uh, um, we kind of got that uh, that thing going. New York's been doing pretty decent, man. Like we can't complain about the New Jersey, New York. You know what kind of uh, riders are putting out with. Uh, you know, Justin Cooper coming on and, and Barsha and you know obviously you got all the legends of the past that have, have done some really great stuff. Yeah, no, these air this area um is just gnarly as far as dirt and it always rains. You know, we have a lot of rocks. Uh the dirt is hard, but then kinda uh I know down here, you know, English town, everybody bitches about English town because of the way the dirt is like you get like kind of rollers and then sharp edges at the top of them. Like it, it's not just one or the other that develops really shitty. Even the dirt that they bring into uh met life. Everybody's like, yo, what is with the track? Like, and that's just how all the tracks develop up here. I, I think Adam Cincerillo will AC keep this up all season. We saw AC probably one of the most high profile rookies come into the year since Maybe Kenny Roxon came in um, back a couple years ago, or, or, or Eli Tomek. I, I truly feel the AC's got more um, kind of backing him coming into this year than Roxon. Maybe since, I mean, maybe since like the James Stewart did. I mean, we really haven't seen a win, the winningest amateur rider come into the pro ranks and come into our uh, Premier Series class in a long time. So I gotta say, AC could potentially be the biggest guy coming into the class. Um, that we've seen since maybe even James Stewart. Um, it's big shoes, but in the grand scheme of things, I think AC from his amateur days has deserved that. Um, does AC keep us up all season? I think the kid's ready. I think last year humbled him. I think the years, uh, last year's Supercross humbled him and put him in a great mindset. I think last year's Supercross fumbles was the best thing that could happen to him. I also think that his previous lights, uh, you know, 250 class record was something also that, uh, you know, was good for him because I think this has really put him on a path to be the next great thing. I mean, I think we could see a, a sort of dominance. I mean, last last night he took out one of his rivals with uh, Webb coming in third, um, and he was only behind Barsha. Realistically, it was kind of his to win, uh, kind of gave it away. So if you look at the error he made, and it was a slick spot in the ground. Moisture's coming up. Um, he's just going to learn from this. This, this kid's a sponge. And I think uh, he's a true, you know, kind of uh, a kid from the sport. He's, he's grew this from a ground level. And uh, I don't know. I think this can be something for the future that we can see with AC. And uh, I guess only we'll know next round. Yeah, I think uh, AC's definitely going to be around. Whether he's uh, able to put it together for, you know, 16 rounds, I guess, is the uh, the big deal. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that last night, like you said, he did make a mistake, but he kept it to a minimum. 
you know, and it wasn't, uh, he didn't go flying off the track. He didn't actually crash. It was just kind of like a little, you know, like you said, with the ruts like that, everybody's getting cross rutted and off lines. And those guys ride so far to the edge of the track that as soon as you get, you know, like their foot pegs are nearly hitting the hay bales anyway. So, um, I think that on the 450, he looks way calmer. I know that, you know, I didn't really ride 250 four strokes. I rode 125s. And I know while you're riding a 125 the entire time, you got to be going, go, 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 go in your head or you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's the same way on a 250F. And I think that um, a guy like that that's hungry and expects to win is inside his helmet going, go, 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 go. When necessary, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to do that. So, uh, I saw him on a 450 about two or three years ago, just sh saw some outdoor practice. And I was like, yo, looks like a totally different guy, way calmer, smoother. So um, I think he'll be in there. I think uh, he's, he's going to win some races. He'll be there all the time. I don't know that he's a title contender yet. And I would love to see that because I like AC. He's cool, but I don't know if he's, uh, you know, got 16 rounds of uh, fighting those boys in him quite yet. I had to argue uh, with you, right? Uh, <laughs> so I think. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I, you know what, Dallas likes stuff. I mean, you got to remember he is, uh, he's, he's a young kid, right? And he hasn't done this before. So, um, I mean, to your point, I mean, really, it's, it could go either way. In, if you look at the history of our sport, Clint, I mean, it very well could favor in your side. But you know, we've we've seen it with uh, we've seen it with Ricky, and we've seen it with uh, Jeremy. That uh, you know, every so long, uh, these dynasty riders come along. I've once every ten years. Yeah, but Ricky ago, didn't win his first year um, in the four in the two fifties, did he? I don't think he did. But he had no, McGrath and stuff. But um, you know, here's the thing, honestly. And a little bit of that was just to argue with you, but I think that AC has a really good chance um, rookie year because he's not only he's how many years has he been in the lights like four years because of injuries, so he has the extra experience and he's battled for championships versus a kid that say he didn't get hurt and he came in and he won Supercross two years in a row and then he got bumped up. That's a different scenario than than who he is now because of the injuries forcing him to have like a season or two extra of learning in the 250s. So honestly, I think as far as a rookie, even McGrath, what did McGrath ride Supercross, 89? No, he rode uh, 91, 92, 93. He was on a, uh, you know, so he only had 93 he two or three years before he went to the um, to 250s. What do you think Tomek's going to do? Do you think this is the start of something, something good or bad? I honestly think that, obviously, I'm not going to put it past him, but I feel like at this point the pressure is mounted so much that is, you know, it's going to be even harder now to do than it would have been two years ago because now all of a sudden there's this big cloud hanging over him and he probably puts more pressure on himself and the team, you know, because they're all standing there going, what the F is going on here? Eli so uh I don't know I like and I think it's different because of outdoors he's um has that confidence and he keeps winning so he expects himself to win and I think inside 
you know, indoors. He wants to win, but I think he might be to that point where he's putting too much pressure on himself. I think his inconsistency is going to get him. Um, that's what he's always done. He's won or he's ninth. And uh, you can't do that with this, you know, field of guys. Too many guys are going to be top five, top ten, you know, top five all the time. I think even with a seventh or eighth, I think this is the year Tomac could get it done. Um, hear me out. Last year, leading, you're thinking, oh, my God, Tomac's on. He's taking this run. He's winning. Crashes out, right? Last year, he started with a DNF, and I think last year he only had six wins. If you look at his previous two years before that, I think he did seven wins the year before that, and I think seven or eight the year before that and was still in subtle contention. I think him with walking away with an eighth, obviously is it where him and Monster Energy, um, Monster Energy Kawasaki wants him to be. But if you look at that, I think you could take away that as almost a win. You're going to have a lot of people that were inside that top seven. They're inconsistent. Um, Barsha, we'll touch on a little bit, but Barsha, we don't know, right? Barsha came into the same thing last year, and, and here's where he at. You got to look at Tomac as Tomac's going to win at least five to six of these things. I think with Kenny being back where Kenny's supposed to be, Kenny's going to take some wins this year. I think this is the year Kenny gets it done and gets some wins. So, if you look at what Tomac can do in the program he's on, he does have a lot of pressure. But at the same time, too, he's also got the people in the background saying, hey, he can't do it. So in the grand scheme of things, if he just does what he does the last couple of years, he ends up second. But if that pressure maybe is off a little bit, which it's probably not. I mean, they don't pay millions and millions of dollars to, you know, get second in the title. They, they pay him to win championships. But in the grand scheme of things, I think this is the year Tomac could get it done. Could get it done. A seventh or eighth <laughs> could get it done. Um, because a seventh or eighth is better than a DNF like last year. And I think that that's the reason why Tomac is potentially in a better spot this year than he was. If you look, though, even what you said about his win record, right? It's been going down. He started with like nine wins in a season and then he was seven and then he's six or whatever it is. But I mean, I think, like I said, I think he's, uh, I, I think he's getting later in his career and he's feeling the pressure more and more, you know, and, and super, and like you said, Cowie's going, Hey, uh, what's, uh, we need this, just this one and we're good. And now what, what do you think the extra pressure of AC in there and doing well, that's got to eat him up. Well, I think it can also give some different perspectives on his bike and his bike setup. You know, having AC in there, he's going to have another person of his caliber and level. Um, I mean, again, Kawasaki's pitcher the last couple of years has been kind of an A and B rider. This year they have an A and A rider. So if there's a setup that's not working for Eli, um, they can look at and lean on what AC is doing and, uh, you know, kind of go that direction.
is this a Cooper Webb at his worst and the competition should be worried because of how well he did last night? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, they should be worried because he, he rode like shit all day. And so you're like, okay, he's like 12th in qualifying or something. Uh, or was that Tomac? I think one of them was like, he was like, he was like 15th. Yeah. I think he got 12th. I think he was in 15th for a while and then he ended up in 12th, but still like for a guy like that to end up 12th and in, uh, practice, you're like, what is going on? But Cooper's a gamer. Always has been when it comes down to, you know, there are guys that are good in practice and when there's no pressure and then there's guys that, you know, let that pressure turn them into a diamond. And uh, that's Cooper. The dude's hard as nails. And uh, no matter what, it's it's looking like a repeat of last year, which is troubling. You know, last year, no matter like you said, his bad weekends were still not that bad you know and it didn't matter if he got a bad start good start he fought his way to the front and you got to figure last year he didn't even expect himself to do that he was like ah well you know and then he got rolling and he built the confidence and then it became a thing well now people are in trouble because he's coming into the series knowing that winning the championship is a possibility you know, so if right from square one, he's like, all right, third, we're just going to knock these bad boys down until I get a chance to win some, you know, I don't see him being outside the top five um, very much. It's going to be one or two times and he's and he's obviously um, got the speed. Uh, so if he gets a couple of starts, he's got mental toughness, he's got the speed, he gets some starts and feels good. I think everybody's got their hands full with him again this year. It's weird. Sometimes the number one plate is really heavy and sometimes it's a uh, you know like Dylan Ferrandez had like a, a carbon fiber one on his on his motorcycle, I think. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, Cooper had a great showing last night. I think that A1 third place potentially could be the worst thing that happens to him. He comes into A1 yesterday feeling down, feeling crappy, and boom, third place kind of just happens because Cooper Webb did a Cooper Webb thing. He was just there, consistent. Great job, Cooper Webb. Um, couldn't be more proud of the kid, uh, especially with um, you look at him and, and AC is very similar to uh, um, uh, Alessi Villapoto. You know what I'm saying? Let's get all that, you know, star, stardom and amateurs, and then uh, it just switched when it came to pros. However, I think that you still have guys that are going to gain ground. Roxon came in, uh, bike setup. He said yesterday was way too soft. He was no, stiff uh, or way too stiff. Yeah, yeah way too stiff. Um, he didn't want to mess with anything though. He just wanted to ride with what he knew. He's going to go back to the the training. Um, go back to the the you know. Uh, testing. He's going to definitely pull it out, I think, this week. I think you see uh, Ken Roxon up there. Jason Anderson back on track to where he wants to be. I think you see him back in the spot. Tomac is inevitable. No matter where he finished, Tomac is coming back in, and Tomac is going to do what Tomac's going to do. And I think you see him rattle off a bunch of wins. You throw AC in the, in the mix, I think that yes, will Cooper Webb be a title contender for sure? but I don't think you're going to see the runaway of Cooper Webb like we did last year. There's just too many guys that are too good. They have too many things going for them. 
Kenny looked good last night. It wasn't an energy thing. It was a more of a bike setup thing. Um, and that, you know what, we haven't even seen what he can do. Now that Kenny can see what AC did last night, he knows he's there. I think the endurance is there. You're going to have the one and two guy with Kenny and uh, with Kenny and um, and Roxon riding together. Um, I think we're looking at a dangerous combination. Um, I think that um, Webb's there for the year, but he's not. He's not the guy like he was last year. How can you say um, he's not the guy when he he was the guy? Like before that, he never was the guy in 450. He had two years of shit. And then all of a sudden he comes out and is consistent. And like you said, he was sick last night and he still came out and got a third, which was his MO last year. No matter what, put her on the box or like right there. His Yamaha dogs were turds, Clint. Okay. His Yamahas were turds. Not the right program. He got in the Alden Baker pro Alden Baker program last year and just had a had a mental switch and everything everything changed for him. So Yes, he came in, but he's also not going to have this year. He's not going to have uh, Marvin to chase around the track. He, Anderson's out in California doing his thing. He's really only going to have Osborne back at the at the Baker's factory. So, therefore, I think with AC and Kenny riding together all the time, Eli doing what Eli does in Colorado, I just don't know. I just think there's too many guys this year. Um, Anderson wasn't the same Anderson as the year before. Um, so, last year, Anderson wasn't even in the mix. Austin Forkner um, gets a little crazy while leading with the last five minutes to go. Gets a little close to the rhythm lane, kind of what we saw Barsha do. Um, hits a hay bale. Uh, pulling his bike out, he's kind of going the wrong way on the track and then kind of cuts off the corner. Um, in doing so, uh, foul docked him um, two spots for it. Should he have been docked the two spots? I'm going to say no. He shouldn't have been docked with two spots. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, listen, the kid came off the jump, was in a dangerous spot. He was already going backwards on the track. Did you want him to spend more time, turn his bike around, go through the last, like, jump, I think, maybe? I think there's only, like, one more jump and then hit the corner. He lost the lead. And then when he came back on the track, Ferrandez passed him for second. So he lost two spots in that. In the grand scheme of things with how far – um, Christian Craig was behind him. I don't think him hitting the other thing and then going the round would have really done much more for him in that position. I truly think that what he did and how he went about it was probably the safest way to go about it. Um, he didn't injure anybody to put anybody at risk. He lost time, I mean, considerable time. He went from first to third. Um, I do not believe in that case. They should have looked at the video. They didn't release the results for like hours after the race. I mean, you couldn't get you with the results, which I thought was supposed to be like 30 minutes. Like, I don't understand why it takes them multiple hours to figure this out. Um, they did, I mean, you know, they did all the wrap up videos, all that stuff. And everybody still had him as third place. Um, I think he should have kept his third place. I don't think he should have got bumped to fifth. Um, obviously Christian Craig and, and most men, you know, benefit from that with moving up to third and fourth, but no, I think that what he did was what any racer in the right mind, I think he would have done. I think he was in the – Supercross doesn't leave much spots for you to really get back onto a track safely, especially, like I said, facing the opposite way. There was really no way for him to turn back around. He could have went, like, backwards or went down that center lane, but there really just wasn't room. In my opinion, don't dock the kid. 
He already docked himself with hitting those tough blocks, lost the two spots, lost the win, which there's a good chance he was going to win that. He could have managed it. But um, in my opinion, don't dock him. He docked himself. Um, yeah, I think I think I don't think Forkin deserve deserve to be docked. I totally agree with you on this one. Like, uh, so the whole issue is being safe and not gaining time, right? So the yeah. guy was broadside on the track. So instead of yeah. just rolling to the edge of the track, which happened to be on the straightaway that was cut, it's not like he cut out like a hundred yards or an entire straightaway. No. It was like 60 feet, 80 feet of track that he, that he cut across. But like you said, he would have turned, been sideways in the track, had to stop, had to turn his bike again to go over that hump to turn back around, which somebody could in that time of him trying to stop and then get turned, could somebody not have been coming through that section? You know what I mean? Where he's in the way or, or he doesn't even, you know. It happens so fast, you don't want to stop and go, uh, are there more people coming? that are going to plow into me or are you just going to be like, yo, I should bail across the track here where there's nobody coming. The other part of that is don't make up time, which he didn't. He stopped. He looked, he rolled out onto the track slow and he let Fernandez go by. He did not jet out into the track to try to keep Fernandez behind him. He didn't even make any type of effort like that at all. So yeah, I don't think that's a, especially two positions. If anything, like he already, like you said, he lost two positions. If anything, the docking, like, okay, the first one, he screwed up. But the second one, he 100% could have darted right back out in front of Fernandez and held him off. That was 100% he could have done that. So I think that the fact that he chilled and he rolled in all the way, tucked to the banner, to the bales and let him go by, what else do you expect the dude to do? Right at two. I, I, yeah, yeah. No, and then you look at you look at the you look at the Barsha going off. Do you see the bomb? Did you see the kamikaze attack that Barsha took at Cincerillo when he came back from out of there? Yeah. Like, like, like that's that's what Bam Bam does, and that's why we all love him. But like, Ace or um, Fortune didn't try nothing like that. He come on. He he came on in the whoops. It's like he came on in a flat section that he could just gain ground, and he came on and took that. That's not the ideal thing. He probably would have been better off almost going through that corner, clicking in the third gear, and hitting those whoops third gear as opposed to what? What gear could he hit those whoops in second when he rolled into them? Yeah. And he's trying to pit it through whoops out in second gear? I mean, it just it, it makes no makes no sense to me. Um, but the hesitation overall, to pull out, he totally stopped. You know, and you could see him take a breath and calm down and pull out slow. I mean, I don't know how you, like, what do you want the guy to do? Not pull out slow. <laughs> he left enough time but that he didn't have to do it fast. He did. I mean, you know, what happens if he, if he, uh, you know, tries to make some crazy move at that point in time and he clips, you know, he clips, uh, Ferrandis coming through there trying to stay on with the track, um, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think that one is you know we're, we're kind of on the same page. I mean, there's some people out there that are that are not Faulkner fans or don't like Faulkner. Um, 
I would definitely like to hear their points of views. Listen, he's not well, my favorite. My- he's not my favorite, but I, no. as objectively, like I like Fernandez better. I like a bunch of guys better, but he didn't do anything wrong in my opinion. And that's from a person that's not like over here waving Forkner flags, you know? No, I don't have a tattoo of him yet. <laughs> like I, uh, you know, I think he's a great kid. I have so much respect for all these riders. Like these, I hear a lot of people that will talk smack about uh, motocross riders. Oh, this guy sucks. This guy blows. Fuck that guy. Um, in my opinion, um, these guys are all badass. Um, easily, hands down, anybody can debate it with me. These are the most finely tuned athletes on the face of this earth. Most physically conditioned. This sport and these riders don't get enough respect. So for me, anybody who lines up on that gate on any Saturday night has my respect. There's not a rider out there I don't like. Um, I've never not liked a rider because you know what? At this level, how can you how can you really hate a rider? You know, these guys are all badass, and uh, the people that don't that don't think that they deserve to be at that level and that um, level of respect. They just never swung their leg over a bike and can truly appreciate what these guys can do. I mean, even they probably, there's plenty of people that have, I'm sure. And they just, uh, you know, think that they, their dad didn't have enough money to buy him a fast enough bike or whatever. And that's the reason they didn't make it. But I'm telling, Hey kids, that's not the reason you didn't make it. It's because your work ethic no. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're a um, no, like you know, like nobody makes it. I mean, come on, look at it. We we look at soccer players, we look at football players. We've all had a chance to play a stick and ball sport at some point in our life. How many of our friends that we saw that were better than us tr- did made it? Most of us, none. And you're talking about we've been exposed to a lot of different people. Um, moto is the same thing. You're saying there's levels to this game. I I grew up in an area with a lot, a lot of fast riders. Um, I seen a lot of them last night kids that didn't make it won't make it and never gonna make it um and that's just this, this that are fast that are good riders super fast. <laughs> i'm talking the guy that you would think guaranteed gonna kill it and gonna be a professional is gonna no you're not go to school get an education start a podcast or something <laughs> i was even watching like, i was watching the last chance qualifiers and i was like who's this guy 301 or whatever and i'm like he he'll probably go to your local race and wax everybody's ass there he, he's riding around in the last chance and you're like oh this dude sucks he will come to your local track and just just dust everybody fun that's true. Yeah. <laughs> You're a freestyle guy, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I come from the moto side of things. Man. I mean, I know. Like, you, know, you, you worry about backflips and stuff, and I was, you know, rail and rush. I only, like listen, I only did freestyle because I wasn't fast enough to make it racing, so. Plus, the partying was way better being a freestyler than what it was. That's a fact. These motocross racers are all straight-edge kids. They have no idea. It's funny, um, last night at our um, Moto Option A1 party, that was a pretty cool event. I got talking to some guys who run some teams and stuff like that. And um, the one thing none of these guys understand is the, the the difference between, I think if Moto had some of what Freestyle has where more people work together, I think Moto would be a much better spot than where it is because there is money out there to be had for um, these teams and things of that nature. I just think that Moto is too individualized where 
freestyle, like, man, go to, you know, look at Jimmy Fitzpatrick's house any given Saturday. You got the top five and ten in competition just riding together, hanging out. And I wish we could see more of that with the moto. And I think with some of these teams popping up in some of these riding spots, you're starting to see more of it, but it still is not that tight group of people, if you know what I mean. I mean, here's the thing is racing is a direct competition where you're actually racing yeah. the guy and you can run into him versus freestyles like you did a cooler trick than me, but it's not, I'm not mad at you because you did a cooler trick. I'm mad at you because you wheelied over three ruts and took my front end out. You know what I mean? So I think that's where the divide is. But but if we truly look at, we're kind of going down a different path here, but if you truly look at this whole freestyle and moto racing thing, look at, just let's just look at the James Stewart uh James Stewart, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, uh, the the three riders. They hated each other until they stopped racing but each other. <laughs> they they did, but they did it because Ricky and Chad and Ricky and James would race each other a lot different than what Chad and James would race each other. You know, Ricky and Ricky and Chad and Ricky and James weren't taking out each other's wheel. Now you put James and Chad together, and they were they'd kill one another so as much as the competitiveness was there the the elevation of how far they'd go to take out their competition was completely different a different respect yeah they're pussies now (laughs) (laughs) 